Hi, I'm Dr. Amy Robbins, and welcome to Life, Death, and the Space Between podcast. I'm a clinical psychologist and medium, and here we explore life, death, consciousness, and what it all means. Today on the show, I have Michael Schmidt. Michael is a neuroscientist, community builder, coach, and intuitive numerologist. Michael is dedicated to helping people bridge societal divides nonviolently and coaching people to fulfill their life purpose. He earned a PhD in neuroscience and spent 12 years in an academic career. Michael was devastated when his mom passed away from pancreatic cancer in 1998. By working through his pain and loss, he began to explore his spirituality and intuition intentionally, studying mediumship, chakras, and spiritual healing and numerology. He has melded these methods into a unified system and does intuitive readings for people who magically find him. Welcome, Michael. Thank you. Hi, everybody. It is finally January 2021, and I'm so excited for my January podcast this year and for all my podcasts that I've recorded so far. I think you guys are all in for such a treat. Wanted to remind everybody that I'm getting going on my course, my program. So if you haven't had a chance yet to sign up for that, you can go to my show notes. There's a link for the waitlist for the course. Also, if you haven't signed up for my newsletter, I'm switch. I switch things up a bit, so you'll be getting soul wisdom some weeks, ways to stay grounded, some other tips, and some insight into just why you know facing our fears of death and really exploring and opening our, ourselves up and expanding our own ability to connect to our own soul and essence is so very important. So head on over to dramyrobbins.com and subscribe to my newsletter. Also, if you haven't rated and reviewed and subscribed to the podcast yet. It's been a while since I just asked for people to do that. So if you could just take a minute and subscribe, I would greatly appreciate it. Also, any ratings and reviews are really appreciated as well. So here is to a wonderful 2021 for everybody and a new season of life, death, and the space between. I'm excited for you to be here because I'm doing this series right now on astrology, numerology, human design, astrocartology, and or astrogeography. And so this is going to be really informative for me because I don't know much about numerology. So can you start with kind of the basics of what it is? Sure. Uh, Numerology is just the study of the mystical significance of numbers. It has, um, people have been studying numbers and its significance for, you know, thousands and thousands of years. Uh, The Egyptians are really well known uh, for having uh, mystical beliefs about numbers. And, uh, you know, so that was three, like 31 BC. So for thousands of years, really, we've been uh, doing this. And, you know, the way it works is that you are able to uh, generate numbers from your date of birth and your name. And from those numbers, uh, understand things about yourself, uh, your life journey, and uh, what may be coming ahead. And so the I know we're going to get into a little bit about kind of all the different numbers, but 
Sure. How does it work in terms of, because it's really curious to me that numbers that you add together can be so determinative or really um, accurate in terms of how they describe you. And it seems like that would be so random. How does it work? Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know that anyone actually knows why it works. I mean, I think that's the most honest answer. Um, one of the things that I think is important to understand is that uh, this belief about numbers has been embedded in society uh, forever, right? And so even before, like the Egyptians didn't have a formal alphabet, like the alphabet really started to get developed by the Phoenicians in like 1500 BC. And so these beliefs about numbers were embedded into the creation of our alphabet as well. So when we start looking at like the letters in your name, those letters have always had numerical significance. So it isn't just some random placement of numbers on top of letters. Uh, those numbers have always been believed to be associated with those letters. But the randomness of it is sort of the, that the name you're given, which might mm-hmm. be random or maybe not, maybe there's you know a lot of meaning to it, in some way then correlates with numbers that in some way then helps you yeah, understand I your mean, personality. Yeah, I mean, the way that I think about it, and again, I don't know if this is actually how it works, but I think of it as the number having an intention that sort of gets placed mm-hmm. on you. And so you sort of have that intention with you and you, know, you start to uh, be imbued with the qualities of those numbers. Mm. Okay, so it's sort of like a which comes first, the chicken or the egg. Yeah, I mean, so what some numerologists would say is that we uh, choose a life path, right, which is dictated by the date of birth that we're born on, and that our name is really uh, an embodiment of all the life skills that we have developed over many lifetimes. And so that there isn't a random distorted name, that our name is really uh, intentional. Hmm. So it really just, it kind of depends what you believe. I mean, for me, you know, coming from a, a scientific background, there's a, a saying that all models are wrong and some are useful. And I kind of try to ascribe to that in that, you know, I don't know why it works, but, I, but I'm really clear that it's useful. And so I focus more on the fact that it's useful as opposed to trying to figure out why it works because I, I don't think we're going to know anytime soon. Mm-hmm. And there's so many things, obviously, I explore a lot of them on this podcast that are really unexplainable, but that are mystical and magical and seem like they can really help people. Yeah. I mean, I mean even really when we just, when we, when we even just talk about the physical world, like we, we still don't know a lot of things about how the physical world works. Uh, and so like one of the things, you know, as a psychologist, you would know that what we don't really understand is human consciousness and how it actually works. And while we know there's some elements of that that are mediated by the brain, it doesn't seem to explain the whole aspects of consciousness and why we have this unified experience. And so, you know, quantum physicists are trying to uh, explain consciousness via some quantum phenomena. So, you know, I, I think at the end, it'll be the quantum physicists that really figure out why all this stuff, uh, you know, may work. I mean, it could simply work because we believe it works. And then therefore we create something in the quantum world that makes it real. You know, right. I, we don't, I don't think we know. Right, right. It's so fascinating. So can you explain the different cycles in numerology? 
Sure. Yeah. One of the fundamental principles of numerology is the idea of a cycle. Some cycles last your entire lifetime. And so those are the most important numbers, right? So like your life path number, which is basically like the class you've chosen to be in. Like if you're here to learn a lesson, the life path number uh, captures what that lesson is about. Uh, and that lasts your entire lifetime. So that's considered a cycle, right? And then the new cycle would begin in your next lifetime if you believe in, in uh, reincarnation. Then there are shorter term cycles that last anywhere from nine to 30 years, uh, also based on your date of birth, right? And so you'll go through, and these really uh, are helpful in forecasting, like what kinds of themes you're going to be, you know, what is the world going to uh bring towards you and what kinds of issues are you going to be navigating during those periods of time and then there's very and then there's like shorter term cycles so there's you know every nine years you go through a cycle uh and then also there are cycles that are related to your name so mm -hmm. based on uh you know most people have a, a first a middle and a last name and those names each compose a cycle that together also you know that also get added up into a different cycle so it's it's kind of interesting in a way that you have basically six numbers. You have the month, the day, the year you were born. You have your your first name, middle name, last name. And then from that, there's all kinds of numbers that get generated um, that tell you about different aspects of your life and what you may be encountering. So with the life cycle or the life path number, does that lesson, what if you get that lesson? What if you learn that lesson before? Because we're sort of also talking about like karma here, right? I'm assuming mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. karmic lessons. And what if you what if you master that early on? Does how does that shift things? Well, you always have a choice, be, you know, in terms of how your lesson gets expressed in the positive or the negative. Uh, you know, I, uh, I suspect that uh, people that are able to express their life path in the most positive form become a model for others. And so I think it's really about, you know, there's always another level, right? And so I think it's just about uh, what level are you playing at? And then is there a significance to that number nine? Like why are the cycles nine years? Well, it's a, it's the last single digit number, right? Okay. So you got one through nine and then anything after that is a double digit number, which, uh, typically get reduced down to the single digit number, right? So if we were to add up all the letters in your name, it would be, you know, I'm making up a number 27. And so that is that 27 would then get split apart. Two plus seven would be equal to nine. So you keep, you basically keep reducing down until you get to one of those single digits, one through nine. Uh, there's three exceptions to that, uh, and those are referred to as master numbers, which have, uh, you know, uh, important uh, mystical significance. The 11, which is considered the most intuitive spiritual number. The 22, which is considered like the master builder, sort of like as, as above, uh, so below, right? Basically mm -hmm. taking the ideals of the of of uh, the spirit world and actually manifesting it in practice or in intangible form on the earthly plane. And then the 33, which is like the master teacher and really embodying divine love on, on our plane, on the physical plane. And so those numbers don't get reduced 
but everything else we get reduced down to a single digit. So the the main things that you look at when you're interpreting um, someone's numbers are their birth date and their name. Yes. Yes. So your so the number from your full birth date is the life path number, and the number from your full name, first, middle, and last name is the expression or destiny number. And those are the two most important numbers that you have. One is the the life path is the class that you're in. Like, what are you really here to learn? And then the expression number or destiny number is really what are you going to be uh, strong in, and like what are you, what do you bring to the table to accomplish that lesson or to, to master that class. And how does like um, married names fit into this, or you know, that's sort a of great other yeah, other that's a great names? Question. Yes. So uh, the way that they all have an impact, the way that I think about it is brewing tea. So. Uh, when you're born, you get a birth certificate name, and that's basically like the first tea bag that goes into your water, and it starts to, you know, steep into into the water, and it changes that, right? So you most people don't go by their full birth certificate name. Uh, so then your everyday name also has influence. So it's like adding a different flavored tea into the tea bag, or in, into the you know into the tea, and it's also steeping. Uh, and so the longer it steeps right? The stronger the influence is. So if someone gets married and they change their name, it's like putting in a new tea bag and it mm -hmm. flavors the water. Now you don't ever get rid of the, of the original tea that's in there, but you do change the tea, the tea's flavor. And so, you know, if you pick teas that match well, then, you know, it's still going to taste good. Sometimes you end up with a name change that is very different or in conflict with some of your uh, existing names. And then that, you know, introduces some tensions. And what about if you have, like, I know, for example, my daughter has a nickname that she's been called since my son was born, and she strongly identifies with, she doesn't even like, I mean, friends call her by her regular name, but mm -hmm. she does not like when family or her siblings call her her real name because her, this name that they gave her means so much to her. Yeah, I mean, I that, that kind of a name would have a uh, a bigger influence on on her than if she had a nickname that she didn't really affiliate herself with. You're, so you always you always have the birth certificate name, but this but your other names uh, that you have a strong connection with are going to, you know, change the flavor uh, of the tea, so to speak, mm. uh, more so than uh, names that you know. Like I used to go by Mike. Uh, my parents would call me Mike, and I don't really affiliate with that so much. So I think its influence has sort of waned over time. And so you really identify as Michael. And so yeah. that would be the, the name that you would use the numbers for. Would you yeah. ever use Mike or no? Well, my, my parents still call me that. And, you know, and, you know, and I've analyzed myself to death, right? So when I go back and look at the, look at my numbers early in childhood, when I went by Mike, uh, that, name yeah, i can see where some of the those numbers were influencing uh what was actually occurring in my life differently than uh than now you so can just, you can see the influence more so so could you um can you play with that in terms of what you would want to be called like if yes. if yeah, like if my married name, for example, really looked like it was going to shape my path a certain way that I didn't want it to go, could I just use 
my maiden name or how do people do that? Yeah. How does that work? Yeah. Some people do that. Um, you know, it's, it's, a. You know, I don't know that people get much choice about that. Like, if you're getting married and you're going to take their name, you sort of like, you know, you sort of that's the name you're going to take, or or you could choose not to take it. I guess, right? That would be the other option. Uh, there are certainly are some people that uh, are try to be intentional about the name that they're going to choose. Uh, like, they want to, you know, do a certain thing in their life, and they want to have a name that is congruent with that. Uh, I did read about. Uh, there's a, I, I'm blanking on which book it is, but she basically experimented with all kinds of names. Like she just kept changing her name, trying to find the the magic one. And she was, she basically was like, it was a mess. Um, <laughs> right. You know, Identity and, yeah, crisis. At yeah. The, it, created, the... it, created, it, was, it created more problems than she, uh, than it solved in, in changing the name quickly. So in some ways I, I sort of go the other direction and I would say, you know, find the name that feels most true to you. And then, you know, the numbers are what the numbers are. And then that just, you know, helps you sort of understand what, uh, what's happening. So can you talk a bit about the various things that one looks at when they have their numbers read? And I know we started, so we started with the life path number, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is sort of like your, what what you're here to, to learn. That's right. What you're here to learn. And then you said, and then there's a sub- you talk about, or maybe I read about this, a sub lesson to the life path. Yeah. So, so the day, the day in which you're born, right? So I was born on on the 11th. Um, you know, but you know, whatever day you're born on is uh, also a an important number that influences uh, your life path, and it's basically a sub lesson. It's like the it's like the uh, other thing you're going to learn in with the main theme, right? So, like if the if the life path is the main theme of your life. The birthday number is a sub theme. Okay. And then the expression number. Yes. So the expression number is, is composed of your full name, right? So, so like your name is, uh, is Amy, right? So the A is a one, uh, the, let me actually just find. Yeah. A is one. M is four and Y is seven, right? And so you add those up, you get 12, and then that reduces to a three, right? And so you would do that for all three of your names. You then add up those three numbers to get a final number. Gotcha. And then that that, is my expression number. That's right. That would be your expression number. Which correlates to something. Yes, it correlates to your abilities and talents. Right. And again, what many numerologists believe is it encapsulates all of your accumulated skills across all of your lifetimes that then gets captured in in your name. And that's another reason why, you know, pick the like if you're having a baby soon, picking the name that feels right, as opposed to trying to find a name that you with with the numbers that you like. I mean, if you can find both, then great. But um, in a way, it's like, who are you? And, And your name captures that. This is, my mind is going, I have so many questions. Um, the destiny number. So that is the same as the expression number. So that's one of the okay. things that's interesting about numerology is that people call the same numbers different words. Uh, so the, the expression number, the destiny number, uh, those, are the, those are the same thing. The heart's desire. 
the heart's desire or also called the soul urge is again your full name but just the vowels and the idea of that right is that the vowels are like the soft part of you and represent like your motivation in essence in essence it's your it's what motivates you gotcha okay your personality number that is the based on the consonants of your name and so that's what people see on the outside right now it's not how you see yourself but it's what how people observe you to be so it's almost like the heart's desire is well but then there's the soul number but the heart's desire sounds well, the, more like the, the soul, soul number is that that is it's the same thing the soul oh, so urge and the heart's desire yeah, see again like multiple <laughs> names for the same number right so okay. the heart's desire and the soul urge are the same number it's based on the vowels of your full name gotcha okay and and what cons does the y in my name constitute a vowel or consonant or how does that work well it depends um and actually i need to it's it, I, God, you know i need to think about that i think for you it would be a vowel let me check that um Yeah, for you it's a vowel. So it's it sort of follows the laws of of English grammar. So Ys are sometimes vowels, sometimes consonants, and then Ws can also be a vowel or a consonant. W. And this is W. Yeah, actually, in 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 formal English, W is sometimes a a, a vowel. So like if it's um, like for example, you like Matthew where the EW creates a mm. uh, single sound, mm -hmm. then, it, then, it, then it's a vowel. Now, not, every, not all numerologists, this is, so the, the other thing of knowing, to know about numerology is not all numerologists do things the same way. They calculate the numbers slightly differently. They treat Y and W differently. Uh, but I, I sort of follow uh, standard English. And so when W is a vowel in standard English, I treat it as a vowel and, and Y similarly. Gotcha. Okay. So we've got the, so the life path number, the expression or destiny number, the heart's desire or soul number, the personality number, which is what others see, the yeah, mature. Oh, sorry. Go so ahead. There's, just, there's just another name for that also, which is the, for the personality number, which is the secret self. And so like Matthew Oliver Goodwin would say that this is sort of like the fantasy that you have. You don't necessarily act on it but it represents the, the fantasy, but you know, of what you would want. So like if you uh, had a five for a personality number, which is all about like wanting freedom and adventure uh, and experiences, that might be something that you fantasize about doing, but don't actually take a lot of action on. And that doesn't um, affect you in any way in terms of like not living out your life path or your your no so the way that the way another thing to I, I think to differentiate is that the the name numbers are on are like on you whereas the life path and birthday number are more like what is what are the events that are going to like what's the theme of the events that will occur in your life that you are going to have to navigate so your life path is almost telling you like what is the theme of life events that are that you're going to have to deal with and master okay all right it also gets at your question about 
what if you master your lesson early on? Life is just going to continue to provide you opportunities to learn that lesson. But is it is it like a like a um, those tests that get harder the, the more you get right? Is is that how it works? Because then, what's the motivation? Well, you know, I'm not I'm not actually well. First of all, I can't think of a lot of people that have mastered the life path early on, where it's just you know an easy ride. Uh, you know, I do think that if you really express that aspect of yourself in the most positive way that you could tackle whatever comes your way. You know, I don't think life really gotcha. throws you things that you can't handle. Um, but I, you know, I, I do think that life inherently stretches us and, uh, I haven't seen many people that seem to just have an easy time with everything. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Maturity number. Right. So this is, combining what you just basically add your life path number, which is based on your date of birth and your expression number, which is based on your full name. You add those two numbers together and you get your maturity number. And so numerologists can view this number slightly differently. The one thing they all agree on is that it starts to take hold as you get older. So somewhere starting, you know, in your thirties, 35 or so, it starts to show up. And by 50, it's thought to have, you know, full effect. Uh, and one way to think of this number is, is as a, uh, another lesson that's introduced later in life, like the birthday number you're starting right away and the maturity number shows up later. Other people view it more as the end goal, right? So if the life path is the lesson, the expression number is what talents do you bring? And then the maturity number would, would represent who are you going to ultimately be? Like, who are you being? And as, as a goal, right, as a destination for where you're trying to get to, gotcha. to express that number in the, in the most positive way. And the karmic lesson number. So there's two. So, yeah, this is where being really rigorous about the names of things is important. So there are karmic debt numbers and there are karmic lessons and they're different. So a karmic debt is, I mean, and, and again, I don't know. I don't know what I believe exactly with this, but the idea with karmic debts is that in some past life, you abused some aspect of um, life and that you therefore have to rebalance the energy. And Mm -hmm. so there are, so any of the numbers that we have discussed, it is possible to get a karmic debt number. And those, there are only four. One is uh, the first one is a 13. So, Earlier, I said you always reduce down to a single digit. You still reduce the 13 down to a four, but you take note that it's based on a 13. And so that 13 is a karmic debt number. Okay. And so people that have that number, uh, they deal with, well, the first thing about karmic debt numbers uh, broadly is that all numbers have a positive and negative expression, right? And gen- And usually we can go in either direction. What a karmic debt number requires is that we have to navigate the negative expression of that number. It, ultimately, the goal is to still get to the positive, but to get to that positive expression, you have to navigate the negative expression of it. And the idea is that you're rebalancing things that occurred from a past life. So there's four of those. There's the 13, right? There's 14, there's 16, and there's 19. 
And so if, so if you have that number, then that means you have karmic debt to balance in this lifetime. In this lifetime. That's right. That's right. And 60% of us have a karmic debt number in one of the four most important numbers. The four most important numbers being the life path, the birthday number, the expression number, right, based on the full name, and then the heart's desire number based on the vowels. Those are the four most important numbers. And 60% of us have a karmic debt in there. So it's common, right? It's, it's, and, and, I, and I think when people hear karmic debt, they think of it as punishment. And I think that's, that's not a useful way to look at it. It's really about a, a rebalancing. And especially for people that are on a spiritual path, what I have found is that people with those numbers grow a lot. They grow a lot. And so while they're challenging, they're also immensely rewarding uh, in, in growth. Oof, there is a lot here. There is. So, so just, to, just to complete the thought, right? So karmic lesson is if we each number uh, or each letter in your name gets assigned a number, right? So if we then look at what numbers are present in your name, we can take a list, right? So you have uh, two ones, four twos. You don't have any threes. For like, I won't go through them all, but uh, so you can count how many of each number you have in your name. And so a karmic lesson is an area in which you don't have any letters uh, for that number. So you don't have any letters that correspond to the number three. So that is considered a karmic lesson where you basically uh, mm. have to embody those numbers uh, in order to make up, make up for the absence of that energy. Gotcha. Okay. Much less, much less challenging than a karmic debt number. And so for those who are listening, um, Michael's going to do a reading with me after, and I may or may not share the reading, but I am going to record it. So we'll see how it goes. But I think that some of this will make sense too in listening with that, or if you've had a reading to understand it, right? Because then you're applying these, these things to your life. Yeah, I mean, I think the most useful thing uh, about numerology or any of these kinds of practices, uh, you know, if, if we consider life a process, I think one of the best things that we can do as a therapist or as a facilitator or as a coach is to help place someone, uh, help people place themselves in the process. Like, where are they in the process to give language and uh, words uh, and labels to the things that they're experiencing so that there's some understanding about what they're going through. They can have more intention about the lessons that they're trying to learn or the things that they want to do. Uh, and just to have language about how to uh, navigate uh, what they, what they experience. And I, I think that's the, the most beneficial part of it. Uh, the forecasting is helpful. Uh, in the just in terms of preparing oneself for uh, what may be coming or sort of under again understanding what life events seem to be bringing to you uh, I, I think the natural inclination is to want to uh, get some certainty about mm -hmm. your life or about what's going to happen from these different methods and I think that is um, I, I don't think that it provides that certainty well and and that seems to be what we're all looking for, right? Yeah. Especially now. 
Um, and I think that part of all, I always feel like part of all of our lessons is to be more comfortable with the not knowing that uncertainty. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, um, I mean, there's, there's useful uncertainty and then there's unuseful, you know, there's, there's when it's unuseful. And I think when, when people feel just lost, I think that's unhelpful. And so, uh, this is where I think these different methods can be, uh, useful, right. And useful mm-hmm. in helping place, place where you are. So, you know, it doesn't make life easier, but at least you feel like you know where you are. Uh, it, it, it isn't a, uh, you know, tell me how this is going to work out in six months, uh, in a way to sort of like relieve the anxiety of the uncertainty about what's going to occur. You, you still have to, you know, none of these different methods are, uh, are a replacement for living your life. Absolutely. And, and so you also incorporate chakras into your reading. So how does that work? for you and and also how does this all work in your world of neuroscience like how do you kind of merge these two these two worlds together well yeah let me tackle that second one uh first i mean uh, uh honestly those those worlds have not really coexisted for most of my life they've been very separate i've had my spiritual life i've had my everyday life uh and the you know for the most part, they don't really cross. And that has started to shift here in the last few years where they seemingly have come more and more together. And I'm, I myself am curious to see how it plays out. And if, 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 uh, you know, I continue to get more integrated as opposed to feeling like I am living this compartmentalized life, uh, as, as for the chakras, you know, I didn't really have a, a plan when I started my own spiritual journey. I just, things sort of showed up. I felt pulled to do them. And I, and I started to uh, participate in a lot of different things. And chakras was, was one of those things. I learned a lot about them. Uh, You know, as people like the two of us who've studied psychology, that's just inherently interesting, right, to us. And so uh, one of the things that I really enjoyed about uh, sort of like the Eastern methods of chakras and everything else was unlike Western medicine, which is very uh, diagnostic based, right? Categ- categorizing clusters of symptoms. The Eastern model is much more based on archetypes. And I was so surprised at how much better uh, the Eastern model based on chakras was at explaining different types of people and the mm. clusters of behaviors that went together, as opposed to symptoms of dishealth, uh, the clusters of behaviors that you just saw, you know that would go together. So chaos and disorder, uh, you know, the charismatic leader that has to struggle with narcissism, uh, the empath that uh, has to deal with oversensitivity, the, uh, the networker who, uh, you know, has to be grounded, you know, it's just, so I, I learned a lot from, from that. And, uh, and from a, a spiritual perspective, I think that these, different methods in a lot of ways, there's a lot of overlap in terms of the architectures, archetypes in numerology, there's archetypes in chakras, and they're basically take some themes and they're just reordered in different places. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the systems I, I think work very well together because they really accomplish different things. So in my mind, the chakra model shows 
basically your path of spiritual evolution. My numerology doesn't really tell you where you are in the spiritual evolution path, right? It just, what's your lesson now? What are you here to learn? Whereas chakras really can help us see like, where is, how are you doing spiritually? What are you in conflict about? Like, what are the themes that you are in conflict about? So you have all kinds of numbers, but I, by looking at the numbers, I can't say like, oh, you're struggling with this issue, mm-hmm. right? I might, I might suspect, but when I do a chakra assessment, I can really see, oh, well, so here are the themes that seem to be playing out for you. And then in, in like using the, the two systems together, they really inform each other very nicely. Gotcha. So this is a total random question, and I don't know if this has anything to do with numerology, but there's all these dates personally in my life that are so weirdly coincided. For example, the day that my husband and I met and the day we got married, same numbers, just different order. Um, my kid's birthday and our both of my kids both born a week after my husband and I my son, my third child, also born on a 12. I'm a 12. So like all of these weird number things, is that numerology related at all? It, or it, it is It is broadly, right? In the sense that there's mystical significance to numbers. And so that would be, you know, in the, in the zone of numerology. Uh, it, there are, so there's, if you get a book on numerology, it won't talk, most books do not talk about what you're referring to, but there are books that talk about the significance of numbers. And even if you just Googled like, like uh, numerological, you know, numerology meaning of 12, for instance, something with, you know, you'd find websites to talk about what the 12 represents. I mean, I, I discovered numerology because 1111 started following me around. It just started showing up everywhere. And I, I never paid attention to numbers until it was just like, it was just, following me everywhere. And it was only later that I learned that many people who get pulled to numerology, that is the first sign that they get is that 1111, you know, just sort of like magically following them around. So, you know, now I have numbers, a lot of different numbers that follow me around and I'm always, you know, looking them up. I haven't quite mastered the, uh, like how to combine the different numbers together and get a meaning. So I still look them up myself and just see what other people say about them. And and again, there's the, the opinions vary. Right. And so do those numbers then get broken down? Like for example, the number that the, the way that I, the date that I met my husband and the day of our, the day we were married, do those get added together? Cause then they're going to be the same number or are they separate? So it, that- it's both. So it's both. Right. So you would look at, so like for instance, the 12, right? You say so you have the one and you have all the qualities of a one, the individual, the leader, the way shower, right? Carving out that path uh, that's unique to you. And then you have the two, which is all about uh, cooperation, duality, uh, being a peacemaker. And so, you know, what the way that the basic structure of this, you know, the first number takes emphasis and then the second number or following numbers uh, modify, modify, right? So like a 12 would be, you know, about being, uh, that individualistic leader, creating your own path through life. And then somehow the two, that duality and, and bridging those divides across people. Uh, whereas if it was a two, a 21 instead of a 12, then you'd have it in the reverse. Right. And so it would be about that way, you know, about the cooperative peacemaker, the duality, 
the relation, you know, focus on relationships and then modified by that one. Gotcha. But you would sum up both, right? They both add up to three. Right. Right. And so then that three also has meaning in there. So it's like, it's a whole world in itself, just analyzing those numbers. And I, I haven't gotten to the point of mastery of that. Wow. Well, thank you so much for your time today and explaining this all. We're going to do my reading next week, um, which is really right now, but going to air next week. Um, if people are interested in reaching out to you and, and having their, is it called like your number chart or your numbers read or what do you say? Uh, yeah. Just like, yeah. If you want your, if you want a reading. Okay. Just a reading. Yeah. Um, where can they find you? Uh, you can email me at readings at jmichaelschmidt.com. Okay. And I will have that um, in my show notes too for people who want to reach out. Great. So thank you so much for your time today, Michael. Thank you. It was, I, I loved it. Yeah. Fascinating. I mean, this is all so fascinating and interesting, but we're going to dig a little deeper next. So stay tuned. Like what you heard today and want to hear more? Wondering what comes next and what it all means? Head over to Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts and hit subscribe. Also, if you could take a minute to rate and review my podcast, I would really appreciate it. Stay tuned as we continue to explore life, death, and the space between.